you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 7. We'll be looking at verse 13 through 29. I want to share with you a little bit different message this morning. Jesus started the Sermon on the Mount in a way that was a little bit unusual. The things that he talked about would not necessarily be what the political advisors would say, start this great teaching that will be remembered throughout time. He started it different, and he's ending it different. Jesus calls his followers, his disciples, to make choices about him, about his teaching, about what he's already said, and it's a choice to be made every single day. Jesus finished his sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we're concluding this series, Revolutionary Love, today, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. He finishes this with a series of challenges to make wise choices, to have obedient action. Jesus does not provide a bunch of brand new teaching in this section. It's not a topic that he hasn't discussed before. It's, it's repeating himself. So today you may say, Pastor Brady, you're kind of repeating yourself today. I'm following the pattern of Jesus and his word. He's, he's calling us to hear it again and, and again and again and, and then again. You see, throughout this section of Scripture, this conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount, there are two basic choices. We contrast the choice between life and the choice between, between destruction. And sometimes we make it so complicated that there's, there's just a hundred ways to live your life. There's two. You can choose life or you can choose destruction. Now, that path to destruction, there's lots of different ways to go in destruction. So I guess you could argue that there's, there's more than one way to live your life. But it really boils down to two. One that's life and one that leads to death. Jesus is ending his speech talking about death. I mean, come on, Jesus, didn't you hear the choir just sang an awesome song and the series has been good to this point? And choose life or death? That's what Jesus is teaching. Let's look at the Word of God together. Follow along in your Bibles, Matthew 7, starting at verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against 
that house. Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. It's interesting to me as, as we look at this teaching that Jesus is pretty straightforward. If you'd like to take notes, that first point there on your outline says this, two ways. Jesus is saying there's two ways. In verse 13 and 14, we just looked at it. It's not three, it's not four, it's not ten. Either you're choosing life or you're choosing destruction. It's the wide gate that encompasses all kinds of way to live your life or the narrow gate that is only through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Life or destruction. Jesus is asking us at the end of this teaching series, Revolutionary Love, to make a choice. And some of us today are going to be tempted to say, I know this already. And Jesus says, I know you know it. What's your choice? Well, I decided on that a long time ago. I know you did then, but what's your choice today? Jesus is saying there is a choice every single morning, every single hour that you wake up. Are you choosing life or are you choosing destruction? He moves on in verse 15 through 23 that we just read to talk about the fake or the real. Write that down. Is is it fake or is it real? Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Some have real fruit. Some it's bad. It's, it's, It's fake. It's dried up. It's not there. Jesus warns us and gives us this concluding picture that either there is fruit and the tree is good, or there is bad fruit and the, and the bad fruit and the tree is bad. I, I think we spend a lot of time looking around, especially in the media culture, for, for false prophets. And there's some value in that. Don't take anybody's teaching of the Word of God as, as Bible if it doesn't line up with the Bible. Don't believe what I say just because I said it. If it doesn't line up with God's word, then, then you have a problem, and so do I. We, we need to go to God's word, and we need to be aware of false prophets and false teachers. But friends, I'm convinced today, the greatest false teacher, the greatest false prophet that you and I deal with today is ourself. We call things in our life good fruit when it's fake. When it's really bad. It's not really real. Some of you have been in my office, and if you haven't yet, I'd love to meet you, talk to you, but uh, you've seen my bowl of cereal. Some of you have felt bad that you interrupted me in the middle of my breakfast. Others came at 2 o'clock and was concerned that I would be eating cereal at 2 o'clock. And, and as you, you look at this, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's Fruit Loops, but it's, it's not real. I've had a lot of fun with this. I have a friend who makes fake food for movie sets, and she knows that I love Fruit Loops, and she decided to give me some fake Fruit Loops. I mean, I'd rather have Fruit Loops. I don't know why she gave me this. But, but it, it's a reminder to me of the fun you can have when you fake someone out, but it also reminds me of this passage of Scripture. Just because it looks real doesn't make it real. Just because you fake people out, it doesn't change what's inside this bowl. Just because 
you have thought it was real doesn't mean that it's real. And friends, I want to go a little bit farther. These Fruit Loops in here used to be real. But they're encased in fake plastic milk. And they are of no use to anyone anymore. I've tried to eat one and it's nasty. It's bad. <laughs> friends, the false teachers that we need to watch out for, yes, yes, any teaching you're taking in, put it to the test of the Word of God. But look at yourself. Don't teach false things to yourself about the fruit in your life. Some of us have fruit that used to be real, but it's been so encased with the fakeness and the, the bad stuff around us that what used to be good fruit is bad. We have disconnected from the vine, and, and we feel more like we're thorn bushes or thistles. Now, if you're feeling kind of thistly today, there's good news. And Jesus is not saying no hope for you. I mean, he says if you stay there, bad tree, you'll be cut off and thrown into the fire. Because there's, there's not much use for that as far as fruit production. But you can choose life. And Jesus is saying, this is so serious. Don't play around with faking yourself out. False prophets, good fruit or bad fruit. The third one there in Matthew seven twenty four through 27 Write this in. It's, it's life or destruction again. He uses some different terms, but that's what he's talking about. Life or destruction. One more time. He talks about this wise man who builds his house on the what? Rock. Pastor Rex got it. I don't know if everybody else got it. And the foolish man builds his house on the... See, I knew Pastor Rex had it. Now I know you got it. You know, whenever I read this passage, somebody I'm in great debt to... Whoever wrote the song, anybody hear that song in Sunday school? You know, the wise man built his house upon the... Yeah, you don't want me to sing anymore. When we hear that, it, it takes us to this. I can't read this passage of Scripture without having that tune go through my mind. It's been driven into my mind forever. That's a sidebar for us, parents, those who lead, students. When God's Word says, train up a child in the way that he or she should go and they'll never turn from it, this doesn't mean that they will not have free will. This doesn't mean that they will always do exactly what God wants them to do. They'll never be able to get the tune, the flavor of God's Word out of their mind in the midst of however they're living their life. It will wreck it because they know how it should sound and what it should be like. And so when I hear this scripture going through my mind of a Sunday school song, it's easy to miss the meaning a little bit. With good and right intention has been driven into my mind, but am I allowing this to make choices for me anymore? Now look at this again in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Church, it doesn't say if you believe it. It doesn't say if you memorize it. It doesn't say if you agree with it. If you put them into practice, then you are building your house on the rock. My guess is there are many in the crowd during the Sermon on the Mount who amened and believed and was excited about what Jesus was saying, but they were not about to put it into practice. He says, you foolish man, you foolish woman, you are on shifting sand. There's no hope as much as you want to believe what I'm saying if you do not act on it. There's no hope for you. Finally, in verse 28 and 29, we get a clue of how this great sermon, the greatest sermon ever preached, ended. 
when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. I believe Jesus is asking us the same question he ended with, and you may want to write this in. What will you choose? The people were amazed. They saw the authority, but it wasn't just seeing the authority that Jesus was after. It wasn't just saying my heart is moved that Jesus was after. He said, make sure. He knew they were going to be amazed. How many of you think that Jesus knew what what they were going to be thinking and doing just a few minutes later? Anybody believe that Jesus knew what was happening? Of course he knew what was happening. Fully God, fully man. He said, you're going to be amazed. You're already amazed. I know you're amazed. What will you choose? What are you going to do with this? What will you do with the words that I have proclaimed before you? Many have believed. Few chose to put it into action. Jesus made it clear to his listeners, and he's making it clear to us today, that the present choices have eternal consequences. Their present choices, the choices they had before them, had eternal consequences. So now is the time to choose wisely. That's the end of God's word for today. You say, well, wonderful. What are we going to do with the rest of our time? I believe God is not wanting us to take in more information this morning. I believe God is wanting to hear back from his kids today. We have walked through the Sermon on the Mount. Those of you who missed a few weeks or you're joining us for the first time, or those who need a reminder, let me quickly walk us through. If you turn your notes over, they're on the back. Nothing to fill in. I just want you to glance over this. We started looking at a love like no other. We saw a love like no other where Jesus came to give his life for us. God did downright ungodly things to get to the likes of you and I. He made himself fully God, fully man. As he sent his son, he died for us. He created that way. As already has been prayed this morning because he stood at the door and knocked. He gave himself. We could enter in to him. This love that was like no other, this revolutionary love, is what drives Jesus' message through the Sermon on the Mount. This is not a list of rules wrapped up in a scroll like they were used to, that the teachers of the law tried to pervert and hang on to. This was the living Word giving Himself before the people. In Matthew 5, 1 through 12, the question was posed to us, How is your heart? Jesus starts with the Beatitudes and he says, it's a heart thing first. Are you broken? Are you desperate? Are you humbled before me? Or are you prideful? Are you stockpiling things in your heart? Jesus is asking us, what will you do with what we have been proclaiming the last seven weeks here at Grace Point? How is your heart? Are you at a place where Jesus can work with your heart? Or does he need to do some heart work with you today? We've heard about being salt and light in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. The question was, what is your influence? Remember, we talked about what are you reflecting. The thing that you align yourself with is what you will reflect. And it's not just about having a desire to share the good news, though that's part of it. But you have to share out of the overflow of what Jesus is doing in your life. And so are you the the silent witness and the salt Are you the light, the visible manifestation of God's presence in people's lives? What are you doing with obedience 
putting feet to what Jesus has said on being salt and light. You have an influence. It's not about not having an influence. It's what are you aligning yourself with? So many times we, 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 we struggle to say, I need to learn how to share my faith better. No, you don't. I mean, there's a place for that. But you need to get your heart aligned with Jesus right. It's going to overflow. How many know that people don't want to hear how many three points that you got memorized or five laws that you got memorized? And that's, that's good. They're memory clutches. They help us. There's truth in there. But when it oozes out of what Jesus has done in your life, it changes everything about it. But, but Jesus says, I know it's right. I told you it's right. What do you choose about that? What's your standard? A, a truly changed heart will reflect a radically changed life. The popular thing for me to say to you today is that how you live your life doesn't really matter. It's just that you embrace God's love. And what I want to say to you is you don't need to get God's love. God's love needs to get you. And when God's love gets you, it changes everything about you. Your standard changes. If you just want to be five feet above the world, you say, I'm just going to be five feet better than the world. As the world begins to go down and tank, so do you. You'll always be five feet better than them. But you'll be underwater as they go underwater. Our standard is different. And Jesus says, what will you choose about what I'm saying? The law. I didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. When love is infused with the law, we overdose on love and we don't compromise the law. We begin to see something happen. And Jesus says, act on that. Put it into practice. On our fifth week, we looked at Matthew 6, 1 through 18. Where are your motives? Seeking the reward from God, not from man. Desiring not to miss out on God's blessing because we chose a, a lesser blessing. And some of us are still wrestling with the fact that when you live for fickle and fleeting praise of people, you forfeit the steadfast, sheltering approval of God. It touched our heart and we began to be moved, but God says, what have you done by putting into practice the faith and trusting me with your motive. Two weeks ago, we looked at treasures in heaven and not worrying in Matthew six nineteen through 34. See, Brady, you're, why are you telling me all these verses? I mean, I want you to go check them out. This is not about some good thing that rhymes and fits together and entertains you. In fact, God told me not to entertain you today. If you don't like that, then take it up with God. He says, we don't need to be entertained anymore today. We don't need to have some new catch today. We need to act on what he has already told us today. And I want you to check it in God's word. I could care less if you agree with what I'm saying. It's what God's word says that he's asking you to act on. Where's your confidence? Matthew 6, 19 through 34 asks. Are you sidestepping the temporal things, the things that won't last? And are you stockpiling the eternal? Or do you get it backwards? Are you stockpiling the things that don't last, the temporary stuff, and you just kind of sidestep the eternal? He says, make sure you get that right. You'll waste your entire life. And last week, we needed to hear about our vision, how we see others, how we see ourselves, and how we see God. I mean, Jesus has been teaching in here everything about your heart, murder, adultery, worry, all kinds of stuff. It was a colorful sermon. But he says, I don't care so much that you just believe it, but are you acting on it? I'm going to ask for Pastor Edgar to come here in a second. And I believe for the next few moments, we need to answer God in our heart. 
what we choose today. I'm not suggesting you've not chosen to follow God. I'm also not suggesting just because you look like you've chosen <laughs> that, that it's still real. There's some of us here today that we could have stopped at the false prophet that we're telling ourselves that the fruit's there and, and the fruit's not there. The enemy will say this to you, you no good rotten person, if you were a good Christian like Pastor Brady talked about, you'd have this all pulled together. That's Satan. God says, stop pretending, it's so much harder. Just let me break you. Let me bend you and mold you to what I've called you to be. I don't want to have to throw you out in the fire and, and, and burn you up because you're not allowed to use someone who won't have the fruit that I want to produce. Are you choosing God's authenticity? Are you just saying, Lord, Lord, and kind of walking through the motions? Are you a wise person who says, I'm going to act on this or, or not? But here's how I want us to respond today. Well, we're just going to wait on God for the next 11 minutes and 13 seconds. If you're worried about time, I'm watching it for you. This is the best investment of our time, church. Some of us need to respond by sitting there and, and, and flipping through God's Word because God's Word is going to be stronger than anything else. Others of you, you, you need to bow your head and you say, God, I want to ask you to forgive me. I want to ask you to forgive me. There's willful disobedience in my heart and I need to, I need to confess that to you. Some of you may want to come forward and seek God at a place of prayer. If you're new around here, this is not the only place you can pray. But I tell you what, Jesus called every single person who followed him to step forward and come. So you talk to God about that. Maybe you want to stand and worship. You go, oh my goodness. God, I have been gotten by your love. <laughs> I want to choose you again this second, this moment. Because I want to be caught up. And your revolutionary love. Whatever it is God's saying to you today. You've heard way too much of me. We've even heard enough of what God's word says. It's time for God to hear our heart. As we sing these songs to God. You mind him. You tell him where your choice is today.